God invade our praise. We want to give you crazy praise today. God, be lifted up in the songs that we sing. We give you glory. We love you, Jesus. And in Jesus' name, can someone shout amen?
Can you better than that? Give a shout! Would you just take the next couple moments right now? Go up to a neighbor and give them the craziest high five you've ever given in your entire life. Go now! <laughs> Woo! Oh, let's go, Chris. Give it up! Come I dare someone in this place to lose their mind for Jesus. Come on. Would you dance today? Would you shout today? I dare you. Come we'll sing your mercy. Your mercy taught us how to dance. To celebrate with all we have and we'll dance. And thank you for your mercy. Your glory taught us how to shout. To lift your name over all the earth and we'll shout. And thank you for your glory. See your flow. And to see you overflow of a forgiven soul. And now we sing you, God. Our hearts cannot stay silent. And we'll be a dancing generation. Dancing because of your good mercy, Lord. Because of your good mercy, Lord. We'll be a shouting generation, shouting because of your big glory, Lord. Because of your big glory, Lord. Sing your mercy. Your mercy taught us how to come on, sing it out. Celebrate with all we have and we'll dance. And thank you for your mercy. Your glory taught us how to shout. Lift your name over all the earth and And thank you for your glory. It's your flow. And we see you overflow of a forgiven soul. And now we sing. And now we sing, you God. Our hearts cannot. We'll sing, we'll dance. We'll be dancing generation. Dancing because of your good mercy, Lord. Because of your good mercy, Lord. And we'll be a shouting generation. Shouting because of your good glory, Lord. Because of well, just the drums and voices singing out, we'll be. And we'll be dancing. Oh, Lord. 
Everybody can just close their eyes. Oh, God, we come here for you. God, we come here for you. We ask that you fill this place, so oh Lord, that as we sing songs to you, Lord, you will come. Come on, would you just invite him right now? Just say, come, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. We invite you. Come on, for some of us, we haven't invited the Lord into our lives, into our walk since last Friday. Come on, what are you waiting for? Come on, right now is your time to just go after God. Let's go. Oh, we come after you right now. We lift our voice. We lift our voice to you. We lift our voice and worship to you. Oh, oh, oh come through this place, Lord. With your presence, God, with your presence, Holy Spirit, remind us who you are, remind us who you are. Wake us up, wake us up, Lord. Oh, if you've come into this place and you've been a stranger to the Lord, if you've been a stranger by actions, by your deeds, by the things that you said, if you know that there's sin in your life right now, stopping you that every time you come into the presence of God you feel guilty you feel ashamed right now is your chance to come to the Lord come on we come to the Lord right now in repentance if that's you right now if there's some things in your life you just have to get right from God if there's sin in your life he invites you to come he invites you to come with your sin with your shame with your brokenness he invites you Oh, he wants you to come close. Sometimes we think that we have to be right. We have to get everything right before we can come to God. And that is far from the truth. God's saying that his Holy Spirit, he draws us in. The word says in Romans that it's his kindness that leads us to our repentance. And if that's you in this place, he wants to draw you in closer to Him. And that happens when you get right to God. Come on. With all eyes closed. With all eyes closed in this place. Will you just come before the Lord and just make it right? Whatever it is, if it's perversion, if it's lust, if it's anger, if it's greed, if it's jealousness, if it's bitterness towards somebody, come on. Come on, make it right in this place right now. 
Father, I come before you, God, and ask that you come and take the bitterness from my heart, Lord. The bitterness that I can have towards people, Lord. Lord, I come to you right now and ask, Lord, that you forgive me of my anger, God. Lord, my anger hasn't brought out the righteousness, the goodness that reflects Jesus. God, I ask that you forgive me of my sin, Lord. Forgive me of my sin, Lord. Lord, forgive me of my selfishness, God. Lord, when I become so stingy in my giving, God, when I become so stingy in my thoughts, Lord, I forgive me, Lord. God, teach me how to serve. Teach me how to love, Lord. Teach me how to believe, God. Come on, whatever it is right now, would you just come before the Lord? Oh, Holy Spirit, oh, you can have your way. You can have your way, oh, Lord. Come have your way, come have your way. Come have your way, Jesus. This next song we like to sing. Back when I was in Elevate. It's called Come Lord Jesus Come. And the words are simple. We're just saying, come, Lord Jesus, come. And it's a song talking about broken people who are desperate for God, who are desperate for God to come into their life, to take away all the brokenness, to take away all the pain, to come bring love, to come bring peace. So we're going to sing this song right now. And as you sing it out, I just want you to listen at first. You guys don't have to sing out. You guys can look at the screen. And as you're led by the Holy Spirit, will you just find a place in this sanctuary and just worship God? We say come. Jesus, come. We say, come, Lord, Jesus. And we say, come. All who are thirsty, 
in the streams of love dip your hearts in the streams of life let the pain and the sorrow let it be washed away in the waves of his mercy in the waves of his mercy Deep cries, power to deep. We sing, come, Lord Jesus, come. We say,
Sing it out today. Sing louder, sing Holy Spirit. spirit just to be left to allow you guys to ask him to come when we invite the holy spirit it's not as if he's not in this place but when we sing it and it comes from our mouth from our heart 
We sing that we want more of God. It doesn't matter how worship went last week or if you said it last week. You were singing, I want more of God last week. Guess what? Every week, there's more to be known. There's more of God. Oh, Lord, we ask for more. Would you just ask for more right now? More of your spirit, God. More of your love. More of your peace. More of your joy. Come on. More of your joy, Lord. We ask for more. Lift your voice. Come on, this next minute. Ask for more. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. We ask for more. More of you, Holy Spirit. Oh, more of your fire. More of your fire. More of who you are. More of you and less of me. More of you and less of ourselves, the Lord. More of you and less of church. More of you and less of our religious attitude. More of you and less of our doubt. More of you, Lord. More of you. 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 Come on, 30 seconds. Father, forgive us for ever making it about ourselves. Forever forgive us, Lord, for having our own plans and our own ideas of church, of who you are. Forgive us, God. We can't begin to imagine how much more there is of you, God. But we start at the beginning, God, and we ask for more. Holy Spirit, I pray, God. That as we move into this time of the word, God, you would open up our hearts and our minds to under, so that we can understand who you are. Father, I pray that the scriptures would come to life, that you would reveal from your word, from your holy scriptures, God, who you are, your Holy Spirit. You are God and we worship you. Have your way. In Jesus' name.
Come give him a hand clap of praise. season or prophetically but I want to teach you guys about the word of God and and, and who the Holy Spirit is and, and and I feel that you know as as you know I'm growing and in, in what the Lord has for me you know you guys are growing in what the Lord has for you what does that mean we're growing in what the Lord has for us that means that every time you come into this place and your heart is open you're saying God I want you to speak to me you're learning about Jesus Christ you're learning about this God who loves us you're learning about who he is and what he desires for you and every time you learn about him, it should spark something in your heart to want to go after him more. It should spark something in your life to say, man, I'm going to live for him. I'm going to be sold out. That's what the word of God does. Whenever we hear it, it's like this. It activates something in our life. Like, man, that's, that's true. Because if you look around in this world, everybody's looking for something to believe in. We live in an age nowadays. The stats are out there, and I'll get them for you next week. People are looking for something to believe in. They're turning to different things. They're turning to psychics. As a matter of fact, every time we go to Mardi Gras, there's psychics lying around the French Quarter. People come in and they'll pay people who can psychic or read the future. And guess what? Those people mess with demons. So half the time they can probably say something and they can get it right because guess what? A demon told them. It's crazy the stuff that you'll hear and think. And sometimes you, you actually witness yourself. Pastor Joe has a crazy testimony of when he was out there witnessing with the, with the Raven Street team or a team out there. He was in Mardi Gras. 
And he went out to these people who were who were reading, you know, futures and things like that. And he goes up there to them and says, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. He just started preaching at them. And this lady comes up to you, think you hey, you think you know your God, and you so and he started arguing with this lady who was able to she had her own stand, psychic fortune telling. And I believe she told him, if I got the story correct, she said, You don't even belong here. You're from Indiana. Pastor Joe was born and raised in Indiana. It's just crazy. That lady had never met Joe, never met him. But somehow, demonic spirit told him, he doesn't even belong here. He's not from here. And so there are such things as spirits. And I want you guys to be alive to that. I want you guys to be aware of that. That when we come into this place and we worship God, it's not just for the faint of heart. It's not just because I'm up here singing and he wants us to get excited. It's because there is a God in heaven who is deserving of our praise. Whether or not you think, I don't think he's deserving of it today. Guess what? He is God and you're not. He's king and Lord of all, you're not. He spoke and everything came into existence. I think that God is deserving, worthy of our praise. So when we come into this place and when we put our posture, and I'm not talking about your body, but our heart and our mind. When we come into this place and we get to a low place and we say, God, I don't, even, I don't even belong in the same sentence with you. But God, I pray that you would fill my heart. God, I want to know you. I want to love you. And when you come at that place, saying, God, fill me up, the Holy Spirit moves. And that's what we're talking about this entire month. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. And, and today, as it's going to be a little bit more. That's where we, we kind of finish worship a little earlier. It's the theology of the Holy Spirit. It's just one-on-one stuff that you need to know about the Holy Spirit. And I think this is good stuff. If you guys have notes today, it will be a great day to take notes because I'm going to be dropping things so you guys can remember. Because a part of being in church, a part of being in services is so that you can understand who you're worshiping. Amen? Amen. And, And we say a lot of things. Sometimes I don't understand or... I do understand, but sometimes we just grow up in the church saying them and we wonder, where, like, where did that come from? I want to get, sometimes we have, and I'm going to say some of the crazy things that we say here in the church. I want to get messed up in the Holy Ghost. What does that mean? What does that mean? Or, or how about this? Uh, I, I want to get, oh, I want to get toasted in the fire. We say a lot of things and people who have never been to church before, they come and they listen to us, they're like, I ain't getting toasted in no fire. Uh-uh. That's, that's you. <laughs> I ain't getting toasted in no fire. You can go do your thing. And sometimes we have to realize that we have to understand God and know God for ourselves, right? So that we can worship him. So we have the right perspective of who he is. Because guess what? You're going to go out there. And because this world is looking for something, guess what? They hear about Jesus. They don't like Jesus. Everybody's against Jesus. If everyone had the right representation of Jesus. If the church would represent Jesus really well, everybody would want him. He's a good king. He's a really, really good king. And if we would represent him well, people would want Jesus. Amen. So we come into this place, we want to know who God is. And I want to take the time to teach you I don't want to get caught up in, in just yelling at you a lot, you know, and just like, what did he say? I don't know. Clap because he's getting loud. No, no, no. You know, so I'm guilty of him, okay? I, I'd admit, you know, my first couple of, of months coming into, stomping, jumping around, and you guys are like, amen. Hey, what, what, what did you get out of the sermon? You got loud. I knew that. You got loud. That's something you were happy. I'm like, hey, what you get out of it? 
Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, what? So I want you guys, when you walk away from this place, you guys have some theology. That means that you're understanding a study of God. You can know who he is. So if you walk out there, you can walk and you can live on something and understand it's coming from the word of God. Amen. Because what you know and how you see God will determine how you live. Because if you think that God is one way, if you think that God, you know, he's okay if I, if I come to church and if I have all these problems and he doesn't want me to get it right or, you know, he doesn't really care about this. I can still smoke. I can still sleep with my girlfriend. I can still look at pornography. I can still have bitterness towards my enemy. I can still be, be self-righteous. I can still all these things, have pride, anger. That's okay. God, God's not worried about that. And you come up here and dealing with that stuff in your heart and your life, separating you from God, really, that's what that's doing. And you're understanding, well, that's who that God is. You'll never, you're never going to realize, understand the God of heaven. The God of scriptures. And so what we're doing, it's as if we're taking a bulldozer to everything that we've heard about God that wasn't backed up in scriptures and we're bulldozing it. We're kicking it. Some of the bad theology that we have stored up in our head, the things that I thought I heard this. I'm not sure if I heard this. And, and it became like real to us, but we don't, we're not sure. There's a lot of things that today I still have questions about. I'm not standing up here before you guys saying, hey, look, guys, I found it all. I did some research and I got everything to know, to know about God. I got it all. If I were to even say that, the blasphemy that would be. But I'm sharing you today, guess what? I don't know it all. And in 10 years from now, if I have more degrees, and if I spend hours studying the word of God, I still won't know who he is. And all his grandness, I still won't fully get it. Because if he was a God that you can study for 10 years and fully understand everything about him, what kind of God would that be? You see, the kind of God that we serve, he is outside of creation. So we have no words to describe him. Because what we see is a result of his hands, of his work, of his power. So everything we know to describe God comes because he created it. But can you imagine someone outside of creation, outside of time, and that's the one we're worshiping? There's no way you can possibly fully understand him in this lifetime. Adam, if I can't understand him, then why am I worshiping him? That's the reason why. He's a God that you're not going to freely understand. You're not going to know in this entire lifetime, man, everything there is to know about God. You're always going to grow. You're always going to learn. If you were to ask the oldest pastor, one of, our, one of our teachers in SUM, he's like in his 80s or late 90s. His name is Dr. O. This man has the New Testament memorized, majority of the New Testament memorized. I remember teaching him teaching in class, and he would, he would reference, he would quote passage word for word without looking at the Bible. And here I am, a Bible college student, like, what did he say? What reference? And he's quoting it. I'm like, man, he's fast. And he told us, like, I've studied it all. I've memorized it all. And he himself would say, I still am learning. God is still teaching me, showing, revealing himself who he is. That's the God who we serve. And I'm okay with not knowing everything, right? Because he's God. And I can trust my life in him because if he knows everything, I want to know that God more. I'm not going to use that now as an excuse. Well, if I can't understand everything there is to know about God, I'm not going to worship him. More reason to worship him. Amen. Theology of the Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit. God the Holy Spirit. I'll do it one more time. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. 
And I don't want you guys to lose this because whenever you talk about who God is, it gets deep. And sometimes your mind will try to put it in categories to try to understand it. Oh, man, God is like this. And you know what? Some of the bad theology that's been out there. Some people today describe God to be like an egg. We talked about that. Like when you see an egg, egg has three parts, right? The, the outer shell, right? It has the white, the white stuff, which is the what? It's not the yolk, but the egg white, right? And then you have the center part, which is the yolk. Okay? So all of that put together, guess what? It's all an egg, right? Because if you take the shell, it's still part of the egg, right? And if you take the egg yolk, it's still part of the egg. And if you take the egg white, it's still part of the egg. But that doesn't even begin to describe. That is a poor illustration of who God is. Some people have described God to be like water. And water in its three phases, right? Water in its liquid form, water in its gas form, and water in its solid form as ice. And somehow like, you could think, like, man, you know, that'd be a good illustration to explain who God is. Because God the Father, he's God. He's a person, right? God the Son, he's a separate person, but he's still God. And God the Holy Spirit, he's a person too, but he's still God. But he's not God the Father. The Holy Spirit is not the Father. The Holy Spirit is not the Son. The Son is not the Father. The Son is not the Holy Spirit. And the Father is not the Son. And the Father is not the Holy Spirit. But all three are God. What? Your mind begins to like, oh, my gosh. And as the more you think about it, the more your frontal lobe is going to be, you're going to start to be like, oh, I can't, I can't even begin to grasp. That's the point. As you learn more about God, you get to, he reveals himself to you. The Bible says that he reveals himself to us. I remember studying in this class and I'm like, oh, my gosh. I thought I knew who he was. I don't even know who he I don't even, what in the world? And it brought me to a place where it was just like, no, no, no. And then he revealed, like, you can trust me. That's how great I am. You can't be in, begin to comprehend how much I love you, who I am. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. He's so awesome. Anything that we try to describe God cannot compare. It's a poor illustration at best. We try to make it sound reasonable to man, but you can't describe him like that. Let me ask you something. We understand that God the Father is in heaven. The Bible says that no one has seen God the Father because if anyone were seeing God the Father, he would surely die, right? We learned that from the example and story of Moses, right? But God the Son, we've seen him. Still being God, came down here on earth, Jesus Christ. We believe he was 100% man, 100% God. How does that happen? Because he humbled himself, leaving heaven. So we... so. God the Son in flesh, God the Father, God the Son, now God the Holy Spirit. Today in the church, if you can understand a little bit of the Holy Spirit, and as we, as we teach, I can't even begin to, to tell you how incomplete this sermon would be. And me trying to say, as soon as I'm done preaching this, you're going to know everything. If I were to say that, I'm just, I'm way off. But my prayer is this, that as I begin to share things, that the Holy Spirit right now, will begin to open up your heart and your mind to who he is. Amen? And, and I pray that as you listen to this, would you listen with an open heart? Would you listen with an open mind? God, I want to understand you. God, I want to know you. And let him do that. Amen? Amen. Father, I come against any frustration that there might be in this place that people may feel like they're frustrated. They don't know you. They don't get you. Father, I come against that in Jesus' name. And Father, I pray, Lord, 
that you would give us uh, a peace in, in knowing that if we don't know what are, it's okay because you love us. You loved us enough to send your son. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As I was praying, there, here's an illustration. The argument will go like this. If I can't know God, why can I worship him? Because he loves you. How do I know that? Because he sent Jesus. There's proof. How does he love me? He died on a cross because you were in sin. There was nothing you can do about your sinful nature. It's like as if you wanted to take a shower with dirty rags. You can't do it. So he himself came down and became the sacrifice, the atonement for our sins. How, how do I know he loves me? Because he sent Jesus. Because he came down and took your place. There's more evidence to Jesus Christ being alive than there is to Julius Caesar. And that's a fact. People won't want to argue with that. Amen. So let's get into this about the Holy Spirit and, and who he is. And, and my first thing, I want to ask you a question. And this is not looking around. It's not taking a toll. Don't raise your hand personally for yourselves. The Holy Spirit of God. He's a spirit, right? And you cannot be saved without the Holy Spirit. You cannot go to heaven without the Holy Spirit. Know that. It's not if I do good works, that, that, that goes against everything the Bible teaches. You have no good works. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You woke up today, you sinned, you're out, you're done. You cannot do anything by your own merit, by your own strength, to earn you a place in heaven. It's through Jesus. It's through faith in Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit brings us that salvation. Now let me ask you this question. When was it that you received the Holy Spirit? Was it the first time you came here to Elevate? Was it during uh, Elevate service where the worship was good and everybody was shouting? Was it during a life group service when everybody was becoming more vulnerable? What is it in your own house, in your own room? When you were just listening to music? Was it out on the street when someone witnessed to you and reached out to you? When did you receive the Holy Spirit? I want to start there because the moment we can understand, like, man, I have the Holy Spirit in me, we can move forward. And I'm not trying to bring doubt. I'm not trying to bring confusion into your thinking. I'm not trying to say, well, you're not saved. I'm trying to ask you, when is it? May I tell you something? Do you know when you receive the Holy Spirit? Let's open up our Bibles to Acts chapter 2, verse 38. I'll give you a couple of seconds to get there. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Let's look to the scripture. When God the Father... Send down the Holy Spirit. Okay? Peter, one of the disciples at that time, the, earlier in this passage, they said that the Holy Spirit came, descended upon them like tongues of fire rested upon them. They were speaking in tongues. And in uh, chapter 2, verse 38, it says this. Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. One more time. Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. What does the Bible teach us? You receive the Holy Spirit 
when you repent of your sins, confess Jesus Christ as Lord, and you receive the Holy Spirit. He said, repent, sorry, repent, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You know when the Holy Spirit came upon you and moved and came into your life is when you got fed up with your sin and realized that you need Jesus, and you repented from your sins. That word means you stopped, you turned around and says, enough is enough, I'm coming to Jesus. It's not like this double standard, like you can outsmart God, like God is in heaven, like, man, you know, he's playing around, like, you know what, I want Jesus, I want to go to heaven, so I'm really, I'm just going to say a prayer up here, but I'm not going to do anything about it. Repentance means that full turning in your life where you're saying, I'm no longer doing the things I did before. That's the fruit of repentance. And Peter is saying, when you repent, you receive the free gift of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. That's when you get the Holy Spirit. Don't make it into something like, oh, you know what? I have to say eight prayers or I got to do this. I got to go to church X amount of times. When you repent of your sin. Come on, somebody. I know I'm talking to somebody in this place. One of the easiest things to do is hide in sin. When you repent from your sins, the Holy Spirit comes to you. Now, I don't know about you. I don't want to fake it till I make it. I want the real thing. I want the Holy Spirit of God living inside of me. There's a story, the book that I'm, that I'm covering, Forgotten God. The author is named Francis Chan. He's a pastor in Southern California. And he says he was preaching this to his congregation, Acts chapter 2, verse 38. And he was preaching about repentance and receiving this free gift of the Holy Spirit. Nothing that you can do but just come into repentance saying, God, forgive me of my sin. Holy Spirit comes into your life. And his young daughter, who was seven years old, comes up to him after service. Dad, I want to repent of my sins and receive the Holy Spirit. Can we do that? Such a little girl and such, with such little knowledge of the Holy Spirit, but with such great faith. Dad, I want to repent of my sins. I want to come to Jesus and I want to have the Holy Spirit. I think that's awesome. And sometimes that's what we need, just faith to respond on that word. I'm going to repent and get right. Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Come on now. There are seven things that I want to give you about the Holy Spirit. Um, it's 830. I said we got another hour left. Amen. Hallelujah. Just kidding. Amen. I'm going to go through these guys. Tomorrow in life group, we're going to clarify some of these things. We're not going to clarify, but we're going to go in depth. Um, some of the things that we're studying. So tomorrow, be here. Amen. Number one. The first thing you want to know about the Holy Spirit when we start learning, when we start researching, when we start trying to find out who he is, is that the Holy Spirit is a person. Write that down. The Holy Spirit is a person. He is not an indistinct power or thing. He is not a force that we can control or manipulate. Okay. Sometimes we think about this as if the Holy Spirit is this force. Now that when we come in Christianity, it's like it's if you got zapped by energy and it's just energy going with you. And now that, oh, I have some good energy around me, I can do good things. That's not what it is. The Holy Spirit is a person. All throughout the scriptures, you read about it and God is, is, is God. God the Father, God, is a, God the Father is a person. God the Son, God the Son is a person. God the Holy Spirit, a person. All three individual, all the same God. 
John 14, 7. You can write that down. And as you write that down, if you have the time, please turn there. John 14, 7. It hints to us the relationship that God has with us. And this is what you have to understand. When you think about the Holy Spirit, he's not just like he's just he's just a, a spirit. He is a person that comes and lives inside of you. And he wants to have that intimate relationship. And this Holy Spirit has been having a relationship with the Father and the Son. And that same Holy Spirit wants to have it with you. John 14, 7. Are we there? If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. That relationship the Holy Spirit has with the Father, the Son, he wants to have with us. It's God, the same God. He is a person. Amen. Number two, the Holy Spirit is God. Amen. The Holy Spirit is God. I want you to get this in your head right now. It is not just energy. It is not an it. It is not a thing. It is not an accessory towards toward in Christianity. The Holy Spirit, he is God. Right? You know what we say sometimes in the services? We say, Holy Spirit, have your way. What are we saying? We're saying, God, have your way. Holy Spirit, come mess us up. What are we saying? Some energy come mess us up. No, we're saying, God, mess us up. Holy Spirit, we come to you now. God, we're coming to you now. Oh, Holy Spirit's code name for Jesus. No, no, no. The Holy Spirit, own person, he is God. Amen? He is not lesser or different in being than God the Father or God the Son. Know that. He is not lesser or different in being than God the Father and God the Son. The Spirit is God. As a matter of fact, the word spirit, capital S, and God are used interchangeably in the New Testament. You hear that? The word spirit and the word God are used interchangeably. I'll give you an example. In Acts chapter 5, there's a story of now when the disciples, when everybody was receiving the Holy Spirit, they go out and they start having church. The Bible says in Acts chapter 4 that they started meeting together. That's where we see the earliest forms of church happening. And the Bible says they started selling their possessions. Okay, in Acts chapter 5, there comes a story of Ananias and Sapphira. Two people that within the church, they were selling their house. They were selling things to give to the church, but they kept back some for themselves. As a matter of fact, they were taking from themselves. And then when they came before the apostles, they asked them, and they put all the money that they had, quote unquote, is this everything that you have? And Ananias said, yes, it is. And this is what Peter said. He said, how has Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received from the land? What made you think you can do such a thing? You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. You catch that? The first reference he says, how can you lie to the Holy Spirit? You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. See, we see that scripture telling us the Holy Spirit is God. He is God. I'm getting somewhere with this, guys. Understand, he's not just like some spirit like Casper the ghost. He is not Casper, okay? 
Sometimes when I think when we say that word spirit, nowadays when we're trying to find out about new mythology, all this new age stuff, like, oh, he's a spirit. Ooh, it's God we're talking about. And he comes in this place. We invite you, Holy Spirit. God, we invite you. Amen. He is God. Number three. The Holy Spirit is eternal and he is holy. In John chapter 14, Jesus promised his disciples the Holy Spirit would be with them forever. And when Jesus makes a promise, he doesn't lie. Hello? If Jesus lied, that would discredit him from being God. That would discredit him from the sacrifice he gave on the cross because if you have just one sin, just an inch of sin in your life, you're done. Him being holy, him being righteous. And that's the same God. The Holy Spirit is eternal and he is holy. If you want to look for a reference that will tell you about Jesus being with the Holy Spirit forever, it's John 14, 16. You don't have to turn there in your Bible. But just emphasizing on who this God is. He doesn't come and just, ooh, he's here and he's not here, ooh, and he leaves. What happened? Oh, I guess he didn't show up today. (laughs) That's not how it works. He is not a flighty or weird spirit, right? He is an eternal being, and he is holy. He's an eternal being, and he is holy. He is not some created being. And sometimes in our theology, and sometimes we think, oh, now God made the Holy Spirit to come. No, 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 no. Before the creation, before the beginning of time, there was God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Get that in your minds today, that God the Father didn't say, man, I'm lonely. I want other creations or I want other gods with me, so I'm going to create the Son. I'm cre-. No, no, no. Before everything was, there was God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's not created. He is God. Woo! I'm loving that. Because the Bible says that if the Holy Spirit is coming with us forever, I know that I get God. I'm not getting some created little cheap thing. It's God coming down and living inside of me. And that same place, that same thing that we, we destined, that we look as places of, of sin. And when we refer and we look at our bodies, we look at it like impurities and sin and all this wickedness and just a fallen human being. It's the same place that God would choose to reside. God is looking for a place to live and that place is in your body, in your heart. Isn't that awesome? That God... The one who is above our understanding. You can never fully grasp who he is. That same God that you can't fit in the box. Let me tell you something. If you think you fit God in the box, that's not God. You got an idea of God in the box. You can't fit God in the box. He breaks the box. He created the box. Hallelujah. <laughs> you can write that down in your notes. God creates the box. Hallelujah. Facebook status later tonight. God created the box. Hallelujah. Inside joke. He dwells in us. Is he dwelling in you? How do I know I have the Holy Spirit? Repent. Be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the Holy Spirit. 3,000 people that day, upon hearing the word of God, were so radically touched by that message, they gave their lives to Jesus. Isn't that awesome? The same God we serve. He's not the, he hasn't changed or he, he's not, oh, he only worked in power back then. That's, he wants to do that now. Come moving like a mighty rushing wind. 
tongues of fire and everybody. He wants to do that now. Really? He wants to do it now. If you guys come tomorrow, I'll share with you some of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit and some of the things that are happening tomorrow. But I'm not going to get into it now because that's a rabbit trail. Somebody say rabbit trail. We're not going to go there because if we can go there all night, we'll be here all night. Come on. Tomorrow, if you remind me, there's some God doing awesome things in people's lives. And I'm not talking about like you see, uh, you see like a picture of Jesus on a tortilla. I'm not talking about that. I remember watching the news one time, the Spanish news, obviously, you're not going to see it in Channel 5, but like Noticias, whatever, late at night, some lady, she's working, she's making tacos, and she saw like Mary on a taco, so she kept it, it's holy, people came to her house, there's candles, and I'm like, that's a tortilla, that doesn't even look like Mary, that's just a shape, of, oh my gosh, I'm telling you, if they see a stain in the wall, they come over there, that's, that's Mary, I'm like what, traffic's hold up, I'm, I'm serious, man. I'll tell you some real things with the Holy Spirit, God moving, changing people's lives. It always brings glory to God. If it's a distraction that takes away, it's not from. It always brings glory to God. We'll get in that tomorrow. So come tomorrow. I'll have some examples for you guys, some goodies. Someone say goodies tomorrow. Number four, the Holy Spirit has his own mind and he prays for us. The Holy Spirit has his own mind and he prays for us. If you have your Bible, open it up. To Romans 8.27. The Holy Spirit has his own mind and he prays for us. Understand this. When the Holy Spirit does things, and we're going to read the passage first. Romans 8.27 says it like this. It says, he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit. Because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Let's read it again. Romans 8.27, and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. We look at that passage and it says, knows the mind of the Spirit. He has his own mind, right? Because the Spirit intercedes. That word intercedes means he prays. Isn't that awesome? There's another passage that talks about Jesus praying for us. Jesus praying for us. Isn't that awesome? So the Spirit is praying for us, and He has His own mind. I love this because here's the thing. When we come into these services and we say things like, Holy Spirit, have your way, guess what? The Holy Spirit has something in mind for you. He does. You know, I used to come and think that before, you know, when I got saved, I'm just like, okay, He has something planned for me. And then when you get, you, you spend time in Christianity and probably for leaders, maybe I'll be talking to leaders right now, and you're just coming here, maybe you're serving and elevate, you're thinking like, well, this is all I got to do. I just got to hop on the drums and, and show up to life group and, and do whatever they ask me, and that's it. The Holy Spirit has a plan for you. The same way you would plan things when you're going to do this weekend, I'm going to go do this, do this, get a haircut, do X, Y, Z. The Holy Spirit has a plan for your life. Guess what? He has a plan for the body of Christ. He has a plan for the worldwide church. He has a plan. And when we come into this place, I want to be fully surrendered to God and saying, God, to hell with what I thought, to hell with my plans. Because guess what? I really want that to, because what I think cannot begin to encompass what God thinks. If I say, oh, I know, Bible says, who knows the mind of God except for the spirit of God, right? So we understand this, and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. I want to come into this place and say, Holy Spirit, not my will, but your will be done. If that means that when the time of prayer comes in and I need to get some things right, I'm doing that. 
If that means I'm going to go out there and you want me to reach out to my friend because no one's reaching out to them, I'm going to do that. I'm telling you, some of you guys have, God has been putting people on your heart and you trying to like ignore it. You're try- I remember it. God did it for me. I see all these people. I'm like, what in the world? Like, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just thinking too much about it. I'm becoming too saved. And I realized I went up to one of my brothers. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm thinking about people all the time. What do you think that's about? You know, I think God wants you to reach them. You think so? Yeah, I think he wants you to reach them. I don't know. And there came a season in my life that every time the worship came up, I was broken. I cried. I, I, it was just like the Lord had put that on my heart. He gave me a sign. This is a season I was just weeping. Because I realized, okay, God, you want me to pray and have a heart for broken people and go out and reach them. He does that. He does that. Don't think it's just by chance. I've been coming to church and I cry a lot. But no, 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 no. And that's my next point. This Holy Spirit has emotions. Write that down. The Holy Spirit has emotions. I want to come and talk to you right now about something that's been deeply ingrained in our minds and in our culture. And it's of the devil, if you ask me. Today, we equate emotions to being weak. If you have or you show any type of emotions, people now put you and label you as weak. But the Bible says this. In Ephesians 4.30, write it down, we're not going to go there. It talks about, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. That word grieve means to make sad. Do not, get, do not make sad the Holy Spirit. Don't make him sad. Ephesians 4.30. It says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Now, when I read this, sometimes you think to yourself, like, wait a minute. Do not, I can grieve the Holy Spirit. I can make him sad. Like, what kind of God is that if I have some sort of influence over him and what he does? And when you first read it, it kind of makes like, wait, that cheapens who he is. Because if I can influence, have effect on you, then what's that say about you? You're not some great God. But hold on a second. The Holy Spirit has emotions. Guess what? God created emotions. But in our culture, in our society, the way we've grown up, the way we see it, if you have emotions... It's labeled as weakness. See, that's of man. See, how we've seen that, not how God has established it, but not how we've now labeled it, right? That is a lie that is a deeply ingrained in many of us. God created feelings. It can be misused, right, and abused. We have to understand this. Feelings can be misused and abused, and the intent and purpose of feelings came from God. The Holy Spirit has feelings. So guess what? When you get saved and you live for God, and then you go back and do the things that you repented from, that grieves him. That makes him sad because you're choosing those things that are, that are, that are, that are separating you from him. And you're choosing these things that will continue to, to kill you. The, the things that will separate you, that will damn you to eternity in hell. And the Holy Spirit is grieved because he doesn't force you. He's grieved. He's saddened when you do these things. The Spirit is grieved when there is a breach in relationship with God or relationship with other people. I'll say it one more time. The Spirit is grieved when there is a breach, when there is a disconnect in relationship with God or relationship with other people. If they're in this place, and we're not going to take another toll again. If in this place you have 
some type of anger, you have bitterness, you have anything against a person, would you make that right? Would you make, it's easy to say, well, God, I have nothing against you. God, you love me, I, I love you too. I, when we think about people, they do stuff to us, they've said stuff about us, and so we have this, this feeling towards them. If you are in this place and you know there's somebody that you're not right with, I'm not saying you have to be their best friends. I'm saying, would you go make it right? Would you go? Would you not grieve the spirit of God? When was the last time you were saddened because your sin pained the Holy Spirit? When was the last time you were broken over your sin? I mean, this makes you sad. It pains you. When I do this, when was the last time you were broken over your sin? Next point. The Holy Spirit has his own desires and will. The Holy Spirit has his own desires and will. Amen. 1 Corinthians 12.11 says this. 1 Corinthians 12.11 says this. All these are the word of the of one and the same spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. I'll read it again. All of these are the word of one and the same are the word of one and the same spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. First Corinthians twelve eleven. The Holy Spirit has his own desires and will. Kind of reminds you of who was in control, huh? Is he in control? He has all these things planned out for you. Your life, your future, everything he knows he has planned out. He has his own desires and will. But are you surrendered to that? That's why I love it. Holy Spirit, have your way. It's not a cliche. But what I'm saying as I say that I'm surrendering like God, and this is what I do just to give you an example. God, when I come in to elevate, I have no idea what I'm doing up there. God, if you don't come and if you don't move, no one's going to get anything. God, if you don't even move my times of, of prayer, like, I don't even know how I'm going to get through these seasons that I'm going through. Financially. You know, emotionally, just things happen. God, I pray, Lord, that you will come. God, Holy Spirit, have your way. I'm not just saying it because it sounds good, like you want to fill up time of prayer. Sometimes you don't know what to pray. You're just, Holy Spirit, have your way. And Jesus, Holy Spirit, have your way. We're not saying it sound cute or sound good. But when you say it, are you really fully surrendered to your word? Are you married to your words? That when you say that, you will let them to do it. Holy Spirit, have your way. Give up your drugs. Uh, that's kind of hard. Holy Spirit, have your way. I want that. I want that relationship. Oh. Uh, uh. Holy Spirit, have your way. Hey, I want your sin. <laughs> oh, God, not that one. Uh, uh. Are you surrendered to it? Not my will, but your will be done. Jesus.
Yeah, Jesus said that. He said, not my will, but your will be done. He was at the point of praying, and there, were blood, there was blood, blood sweats coming down from his face. And scientists have discovered that it's possible that you can be in so much stress, so much turmoil, that you start sweating blood. Jesus, the Bible accounts in the Gospels, Jesus was at a point where he was about to face the cross, and he knew it. He knew the pain. He knew the death. He was going to die. And he was praying to God the Father, God, not my will, but your will be done. Are you surrendered to the Holy Spirit? Because it's the same Holy Spirit that led Jesus to the cross, wants to lead you to the cross. Hello, somebody. (laughs) At the cross, you beckon me. We sing that a lot, but it's a place of death. (laughs) <laughs> we sing it so cute with everything. At the cross you beckon me. We, are, we sing it like that. Hey, come to this place so you can die. That's what that song is saying. It's a cute song. I love that song. Come die at this place. That's what it's saying. Because guess what? When you give up your sin, you're dying to it. The ways, your sinful nature, the way you used to live, that thing that separated you from Christ, saying, die to that very same thing so my spirit can give you life. <laughs> at the cross you Becky. so I sing that oh, come on now we realize that's what it was that's what it is when you sing those songs do you realize what you're singing do you mean what you're singing at the cross you beckon me sometimes right I bet you if we can add our own verse or our own lyrics and how we truly how we truly see it at the cross you I'm not sure if I want to go, right? I'm serious. At the cross, you, I don't even want to go, right? I'm telling you. All the things that come up at the cross, who cares? Who cares? At the cross, what's that? At the cross, you beckon me. Beckon me. That word beckon, you guys know what that word means. I'll just, I'll say it for you. You don't have to raise your hand. That means he's walking you. Come on, come on. You know, when someone invites you to come, hey, hey, come, come over here. He's not doing that like, hey, come here. He's like, come. He beckons. I just think that's a greater word. Come. He wants you to come to the place to die at the cross. He wants me there. Yes, he wants you there. Okay. Trust him. Amen. Some of us have to die at the cross tonight. Well... Y'all know who you are. We'll leave it at that. You need to die at the cross. And you got to take it serious and say, Jesus, I'm carrying my cross. I'm not going to wear it as an accessory. God, I'm going to carry it. God, I'm going to die to myself. <laughs> I receive. Last point. The Holy Spirit is omnipotent omnipresent, and omniscient. A lot of omnis there. I'll say it one more time. The Holy Spirit is omnipotent, omnipresent, and omniscient. Those are all fancy theological words, meaning the Spirit is all-powerful, the Spirit is present everywhere, and the Spirit is all-knowing. This is God. All right? The Spirit is all-powerful. Zechariah. Four, six. He is an all-powerful God. 
is nothing that he can't do. And sometimes when I think about that, the funny thing that comes to mind is like whenever you think he's all powerful, he can do whatever he wants, whatever he wants. Can he like make a shake right now? Can he like order some McDonald's or like what? We think of some of these silly things. Can he fly? If he's all powerful, can he lift up this building with one hand? It's like, what in the world? What's going on? He is all powerful. How about this kind of power? When he spoke, there was a big bang. And everything that we know we call today the universe was created. Oof. <laughs> he spoke. I don't know about you. I never the next time or the, have you, has anybody ever spoken and say, be life, and a tree came out. I, I still to this day haven't seen it. Not even a magician. You see, it doesn't happen like that. There's no one else like God who can speak and life comes forth. That's the kind of power God has. He defeated the devil. Ooh, give me some of that power. No, sin to stop from power. The spirit is present everywhere. Psalm 139 verses 7 through 8. The spirit is present every, everywhere. Omnipresence. He is at all places at all times. He is not bound by borders. He is not bound by time. He is not bound by distance. So what does that mean? When you pray here in Chicago and the church in Nepal prays in Nepal, guess what? The Holy Spirit is there. You mean he can be here at right now at this service and he can be at the church service down across the road at their youth group? He can be at both places? Yes. Isn't there just one Holy Spirit? Yes. If there's one Holy Spirit, how can he be here and there? Is he traveling really fast? Like, oh, I can answer this prayer. At all places, at all times. How is that possible? He's God. I try to think about it, like, in my mind, and think, like, okay, he has to move really fast in order to answer all these prayers, and he has to have, like, really, like, big ears so he can hear all of them, because, like, if everybody's praying, and they're, like, sometimes when we're praying and all this music's going on, and you're, like, oh, Jesus, I pray, oh, Jesus, I pray, Jesus, I pray, and there's, like, eight prayers going on in one place, it's, like, how can he hear, how can he understand he's God? It's not like he's listening really fast, (laughs) okay, 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 and he runs off to the next church, no, he's in this place, he's not leaving anywhere. Like Casper. There he goes. You guys missed him. What happened? Church is over. Why? He left. Where did he go? Went to the other church down the road. And that's not how he is. He's in this place. And he wants you to grow. He wants you to understand him. He is omnipresent. Just think about that. He's everywhere at every place at all times. God is present everywhere. Right? Here's the question we ask in Bible college, and I'll, and I'll get there just because it's fun. If God is present everywhere, this is what we came up with. Is he present in hell? Ooh. Our teacher was teaching this. So like, is he present in hell? Because he's everywhere. Right? I'll give you the answer tomorrow. You got to come tomorrow. You got to come tomorrow. But he is present everywhere. He is present everywhere. The spirit is all-knowing. The spirit is all-knowing. There's nothing that you know that you just figured out that maybe you're going to learn or things you're going to learn in school that God doesn't know. God's been knowing before you knew it, two plus two was five. Four. <laughs> Whoops. Just kidding. Let's see if you guys were awake. He's been knowing it. 
Like anything you can think about, he knows. Does he know the answer to that? Everybody like, does he know this? Does he know this? Does he know if, I, if I'm going to throw this? Yeah, he knew you're going to do that. Does he know if I'm going to punch you in the face? You better not. But yes, he knows. He knows. He just knows it all. He is all knowing. There's nothing that God is learning. God doesn't learn things. <laughs> can you get that in your head today? God does not learn anything. He knows. <laughs> That's messing me up right now. God is not a God where now and throughout time he is learning. Like I did not know they were going to do that. He sits back outside of time, outside of creation and looks and he's all knowing. Does he know I'm going to do this? He knows. There's no surprise to God. It's not if, you, if you're like, man, I, I didn't know Adam was going to preach on that today. Man, got me there, Adam. He knew. He knows. How about this? God knows when you're in line, when you're in sin. God knows. He, he knows all these different things. There's no hiding. This is why we come to him. Because he is all-powerful. Because he is present everywhere. Because he is all-knowing. I love that. There's nothing that I can do to add on to God's power. It's not if I wake up one day and I say, God, I give you power and praise. It's not if he doesn't have it. He has it. It's not like if God, God, let me tell you something that's happened in my family. It's not like he's not going to know. Like if you don't tell him, he's not like, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, my gosh. They said that to you? It's not like he's learning. He sits back. He's all-knowing, present everywhere. This is why we come to him. Because if he is God, all these things that I've just described makes him deserving, worthy of my praise. Right? We can never fully grasp the knowledge of who God, the Holy Spirit is. Okay? And I don't want you thinking as you leave this place, like, I got it figured out. Like, I know who he is. I, you don't. <laughs> right? Isaiah 40, 13 says this. Who can fathom the spirit of the Lord and instruct the Lord as his counselor? I'll read that once more. Who can fathom the spirit of the Lord or instruct the Lord as his counselor? Who can understand? God doesn't need someone to coach him. God doesn't need someone to teach him or to, to show him. God doesn't need someone to assist him in helping him to, for salvation in humanity. God doesn't need that stuff. God doesn't need like, man, do, do, should I do this, angels? It's not like he's up there and he calls like a, a, a party and angels, let's talk about this. Like, I don't really know. Should I send my Holy Spirit down? I don't know. Should I send Jesus? I don't know. Do, do, you, do you think that there's some kind of comparison like God has someone like talking to him like an angel, like his advisor, a secretary? Like, hey, you know what? What should I do? What's on my list today? Oh, do this. Okay, okay. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. Who can fathom the spirit of the Lord or instruct the Lord as his counselor? As I, as I study about the Holy Spirit and try to grasp this, I'm, I'm over here. Literally, this is what's happening. Now, I'll be completely honest. When I read the first two points in the book, I started crying. I still haven't got to the place of emotions. Like, it's okay to cry. Like, it's crying. But the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is God. I'm telling you, as I was reading this and just understanding who he is, like this stuff I knew, I've learned this in, in, in college. But as I read it again, what happened was the Holy Spirit was coming. He was revealing himself. 
See, I knew who God was, but he was revealing, like, you think you know me? I'm like, oh, I don't know you. Just like, and that is the best part. And I want that for you guys. I do. And it's not going to come by me just preaching at you guys. This is who he is. This is who he is. And so you guys can get the information, understand and saying, God, I'm not going to know this all right now. For some of us, this is the first time we ever heard this. For some of us, it's just like, well, I'm learning new things. The place now, after hearing a message like this, what's my response? Is to come before the Holy Spirit, before God, saying, say, hey, I want you to speak to me. I want to know you. And for some of us, if, if we're in question right now, if we're saying, man, I don't know if I have the Holy Spirit. Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So if you're in this place and you're questioning, I don't, I don't know if I have the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about speaking in tongues. I'm not talking about all that stuff because that's fun too, and we'll get to that later. But I'm talking about if you're saying to yourself, I don't know if he's in my life. I, I don't know. Well, here's one sure way to find out. Repent of your sins and be baptized and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Do you believe that in this place? Come on, stand to your feet. This is what we're going to do and this is going to be totally self-led. Okay? You know, I want to give you as much as I can but at the same time, I want to release you. I want to let you guys loose. All right? Go like this. Go release Feel that in this place. Go like that. Go, go release. Don't hit your neighbor. Go release. Okay, when the Holy Spirit comes in this place, and we're about to pray right now, and we've done pre-service prayer, and we're saying, God, come mess us up. Listen. When he comes into this place, how he comes on Michelle may be different how he comes on Tito. It's not to say he's a different God. I'm saying what he's doing in your life, he's showing you areas that he wants you to address. If he comes into this place and you feel broken for your sins, that means he wants you to repent. If you're just thinking about, man, everything you did this past week, he's saying, I want you to repent because you still haven't got that right. Then that's the place that I want you to be at because that's where the place that God wants you to be. If you're at this place and you're still confused about it all, you just don't know what to think or you don't know where to start. We'll start at repentance. Amen. It's like, what what do I start? Let's repent. Okay. And let's get right before the Lord, because he's not some God that we can just come in here and just oh, think we got. He is a holy God. Get this in your mind right now. We're praying to God. God. The one who was outside of creation, that same guy will come into this place right now. He's here in this place and he's working and he's touching your hearts. And he wants to manifest his presence on you. What does that mean when I say manifest his presence? Am I going to fly? No. That means you're going to be broken for sin. That means you're going to have joy. Like I said, what he might do for you may be different for somebody else. But a good place to start, if you're thinking like, what do I do right now? Repent. I don't know if I have them. Repent and be baptized. I'm not going to flick water in you. We'll baptize you later. But if you want to be baptized, come up and we'll, we'll set something up. I got a tub at the house. Hallelujah. But that's the place we want you to start. Amen.
I don't want you guys leaving this place without being touched by the Holy Spirit. And it doesn't mean I'm going to come around and touch you and say, that was the Holy Spirit. I saw you touch me. That was the Holy Spirit. That's not how it works. That's not how God is, like some parlor trick. Like I have to show up for God, like, Holy Spirit, touch him. Do you feel it? Yeah, I felt your hand on my shoulder. That was him. How he's going to come in your life, God, the Spirit, I'm telling you, it's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen fast. And it's going to be amazing. He's going to come into this place, and you want to recognize him, what he's doing. Don't fall asleep. Don't listen. Do not come. Don't talk to your neighbor. Don't focus on what they're doing. Listen, you will miss out. And I see a lot of you miss out what God has for them by, by praying. What are you looking around for? Holy Spirit's not over there. The person's getting rocked by Jesus. They're crying because they've repented from their sins. There's been some deep things in their life that God is saying, I can, you can trust me on this. You don't have to worry about this anymore. And I see people lose focus. And the devil was so love it if you can lose focus and be so more into what's happening to your neighbor. Right now, Holy Spirit, you and him. You and him. Because guess what? When I'm done with this mic, it's me and him. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm, I'm zoning you guys out. I'm going after Jesus. Come on. The ways that we do that, we close our eyes and we say, Holy Spirit, come into this place. Come into this place. I just want to share this out because once we get into it, we're just going to play it. If you can give me, give me a favor, you can um, uh, get the song, Holy Spirit, uh, the one we played last week. We're just going to play this song over and over again. It talks about the Holy Spirit come. He's inviting this place. And that's, that's a good song from us, for us rather. I want you to get that in this place. Okay. And if you're in this place, let God speak to you. I don't have to say or mention every category. He's going to talk about finances. He's gonna, no, no, whatever he wants to talk to you about, let him do that. He's God. He runs the show. I'm his servant. We're his people. This is his time. If you could just close your eyes. Oh, Holy Spirit. Sense your presence in this place. You are here. We don't have to work anything up. We are in this place. The word says you live inside of a sky. In our lives. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come into our hearts, to come into our minds. Right now, as I'm praying, if you will, if that's you in this There's place, you need to start at repentance. That will ever Start come right close. Now. No thing can compare. Well, you can pray to You're yourself. You can say, Lord, forgive me of this. My attitudes, my lust, my perversion. God, Your presence. my anger, my self-righteous motives, my pride, God. Lord, I repent from it. Lord, take it from me. Come on, start there. I've tasted and seen of the God, sweetest you right of love. Where my heart becomes free you, And my shame is up Your presence, Lord Holy Spirit, you are welcome here Come flood this place and fill the 
Our fears lay it all down at your feet, Holy Spirit. You are welcome in this place. And seen every student, God, the sweetest every leader, would you fill up my heart? heart becomes free. Would you fill us up, God? Yeah, my shame is undone. Your presence, Lord.
Absolutely no one talking. And I just want us to come before the Lord and be still and know that he is God. That the Holy Spirit is living inside of us. His presence is in this place. And that he is God. Let's just take the next couple moments. And let's have him speak to our hearts. No one talking, no one saying anything. Don't pray to yourself. Don't pray and cry to God. Just be still and know that he is God.
Holy Spirit, we love you. We pray to you. We lift you up. We thank you for all that you do in these times, God. Lord, I pray that as we leave this place, your spirit doesn't, that your spirit would go with us, continue to speak to us, God. Continue to encourage us. Continue to challenge us, God. Continue to bring conviction, God. Lord, I pray, Lord, for every person in this place, God, that, Lord, they would rise above the level of compromise, the level of sin that they've once found themselves in. God, I pray for for every student in this place, God, and I come against that perverse spirit in Jesus' name. God, I claim holiness. God, I claim righteousness. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would give them strength. Lord, would you remind them of, of how good you are. Lord, as we pray, would you reveal yourself to us. Reveal yourself to us, Holy Spirit. Reveal your power. Your love, Father, we want to see souls saved. We want to see... Father, this nation come to you in repentance. Father, we want to see our family saved. Father, we pray now that you start with us, but not stop with us. But bring a fire, Holy Spirit, in our lives. A fire that would burn away all those wrongs, that sin, that would burn away our laziness, our complacency. And God, that would give us a passion and hunger for you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. He's good. He's good. Before we leave, and, and um, Cynthia, you can get, uh, you can play Glorious for us, that song. I, I want to encourage you, um, and we give you some reminders. Next week, we are having our, our, our movie night. Bring a friend. Bring a friend. Please, we want this place to be filled with people watching Nacho Libre, okay?
One, two, three. Remembering. We read out the scriptures not because it's cute and we say it, but we, we say, God, this is your word. God doesn't go against his word, y'all. Right? Come on now. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself say. What did, it, what did he say, himself said? What did he say? It is more blessed to give than to receive. He said, it's, you're more blessed. How many of you guys would be blessed? Jesus, you can have it all. Amen. You can start by taking Tito. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Just a little joke. Father, we thank you. God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit in this place. God, would you reveal to us who you are? God, we want to grow and learn more and more and more and more and more. And God, we come to you on repentance. And God, we just ask right now that, God, you would use us, um, Lord, to just be a, a blessing to the nations, God, to, to build your church. We know that angels don't play the, pay the light bills. Uh, God, we know that your people do. And we ask that you bless your people. That God, as we ask and we're praying for tithes and offering, God, we pray for a financial blessing for some who are not able to work jobs. Uh, Father, we pray that you would bless their parents, those who uh, they live under, Father God, that you would pray, uh, bless them financially, God, so that they can be a blessing to your church. And, Father, those who are seeking uh, employment, jobs, Father, we pray that you open up doors, God, uh, opportunities, God, to come their way. God, we ask for those who are in places of opportunity or in, in places of employment or who will soon be, we ask for favor to come to them, Lord. We know that you work, God. Uh, for our favor, and we know that you do these things for us, for your church, and we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Eminem, come on up as you give. We love you. Tomorrow, tomorrow, Life Group is going to happen mañana aquí, 6 o'clock, and what we learned today, yeah, you, you can play a little bit softer, yeah.